0: Dear brothers and sisters, as we prepare to commemorate the birth of Jesus, our Mother Church leads us to contemplate the mystery of the Annunciation and so of the conception of Christ in Mary's womb. Mary has been chosen to be the mother of the Son, the mother to the one who will give flesh to her Son. He chose her and not others because in His infinite wisdom, God the Father knew that she was the one among the human beings who mostly freely willed one and solely one thing, God. Mary had made a vow of consecration to God. According to tradition, when we celebrate the dedication of Mary to the temple since she was a child, to lay body and soul dedicated to him. It was a known and ancient custom among the people of Israel that men and women, married or unmarried or widowed, made pledges of abstinence, as reported in chapter 30 of the Book of Number. This practice was not a way to disdain marriage, nor sexuality, like it happened instead in pagan religions. The Israelites believed what we Christian believes. In Genesis 1 and 2, that God gave the call to love, to Adam and Eve, to love each other in fidelity, indissolubility, and openness to life as a good vocation, given before the fall occurred. And yet, because then this call to love had been tainted by original sin and disintegrated into lust, the vow of abstinence, was a way to purify love from lust and to reintegrate love and redirect the spousal love toward its true origin, God. God is the meaning and origin and fulfillment of every marital love. Therefore, the vow virginity lived in the sacrament of marriage was a special call that she, Mary, embraced in her tradition and in agreement with Joseph to live together entirely dedicated to God in virginity. There is a false uh, message given into art where we see St. Joseph represented as an old man who could not be a father anymore. The promise didn't compromise their marriage. So when they decided to live in virginity for good, It was actually a fulfillment, a refinement of their marriage because, again, it directed their hearts toward the source of their love, God. Isn't it a known experience among you spouses that the temporary abstinence that characterizes your marital chastity enhances love rather than being detrimental to it? The fact that Mary and Joseph lived this chastity in a permanent form of virginity was extraordinary, but due to a special call that God had for both of them, and thanks to God's power, made them both model for vocational virginity for us and models for the vocation to spouses for many of you. The fact that Mary made this vow vow, clarifies also the nature of her question in the setting of the Annunciation we just read. How can it be, since I don't have relations with a man? She was betrothed to Joseph, and without that promise of virginity, she could have simply assumed that as soon as she and Joseph con- celebrated their marriage, they would have soon be united and conceived a son that was destined by God with a special role in the plan of salvation, as it happened to Zachariah and Elizabeth, with St. John. Mary's question, how can it be, since I don't know man, reveals that she had followed God's will to live permanently in virginity with her with to be husband Joseph. So now that she's being just announced that God's will is for her to conceive a son, should she give up that vow virginity? She sees the conflict, between these two requests from God, and she asks the angel what what should she do. Her question is not, therefore, a doubt like the ones that raised. She is willing to do God's will. She just needs to know, to have clarity, in what way, what is it, God's will. And the angel responds that she can continue to carry out the vow virginity while her maternity about which has just been announced, will be attained through the direct and divine creative power of the Holy Spirit. In this way, Christ will be born of a woman. So he will have true human chromosomes, through human personality from Mary, but he will also have divine nature, the same one he shared before the beginning of time with the Father. This divine nature, will be united with the human nature thanks to overshadowing of the Holy Spirit, who will form the embryo of Christ from Mary's cells as dew is silently formed on earth at night. The angel will have to directly speak to Joseph as well, who will face a similar dilemma in how to interpret the will of God when two courses of action seem to contradict each other. Should he continue to be the husband of Mary and be the foster father of this son, conceived in her by the power of the Holy Spirit? Or should or should he carry out the prescription of the law and silently and without causing harm to her, dismiss her and allow her to carry out God's plan without his interference? So it's not that Joseph doubt that Mary may have committed adultery. Come on. You know, Mary knew, Mary had Joseph's trust and he knew what sort of a a pure, beautiful woman she was. So there is not that doubt raised in Joseph. But needs to know, how can I not be in the way of this if this is God's will? So the angel will tell him, don't be afraid to marry her as you have planned leaving the marriage of virginity that both of you agreed following my will. Then the angel doesn't expound it, but we know that this plan will be the wisest because this plan will allow Christ to grow through a secure and stable family environment. His reputation of being born from Mary and Joseph will allow to start his mission with trust from the community and without any ambiguous misinterpretation that he is born out of adultery. Then, this will give him the time to gradually reveal his divine origin and later, we Christians through St. Luke understand that he is also born by the intervention of the Holy Spirit and not from St. Joseph. All of this, that is a bit technical, let's say, it shows to us That Mary's heart and Joseph's heart and mind have been solely and exclusively attuned toward, toward God and his will. There is no such saint described in the Old Testament of being so capable, so desiring to do only God's will without putting on the plate any of her fears or any of her doubts. Mary did not doubt, did not interfere with God's plan by raising objections or personal fears. Not because she gave up her will and desire, not because she was lobotomized. Rather, because her will, her desire, was totally immersed into God. I want to do God's will because your will, my God, is my desire. Willing and heartfelt obedience as the human beings were originally created to carry out, without the divine disintegration of mind and heart and will caused by original sin, it is this that Mary incarnates again. Christ has inherited in his human DNA this personality and has learned from Mary and from Joseph what his divine nature always knew, that obedience to God the Father Is the human fulfillment, not our enslavement. Therefore, Christ has left to St. John and to all of us, his believers, Mary to be our mother, to educate us to desire God, the Father's will, to desire her Son's will above everything else. I know that in this description, all of us feel a gap in uh, desiring their obedience as part of our will, but we have a mother to progress in this. Let's learn at her school by reciting the Hail Mary and the Angelus with mindfulness, meaning what we say. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto to me according to the word. If we say this, even amidst confusion, Between what is your will, God. Amidst uh, resistance. Amidst desires that do not correspond to God's will. If we say this with intention, we'll experience spiritually what she experienced physically. God dwelling in us. Mary, Virgin Virgin Most Prudent, pray for us.